composition and layout. A face of everybody and no one in particular. No, I genuinely am an artist and... I do art all day long. Most artists don't make a living out of what they're doing. I dream about it at night, trying to get those letter forms. I'm obsessed with it. Hello and welcome to this edition of Art Related Nonsense. It's a bit of a different one today because we're in, um, we're in Brighton, as, as, as we often are, and it's the Art Yard Sale, and I'm with Alana from uh, Art Republic. Hi, Alana. Hiya. So, uh, what's it been like today? Uh, it's been really nice, actually. Like The weather is absolutely beautiful. There's loads of people. Everyone's really happy, and it's just really nice to get to speak to all the artists. Um, it's just like really great seeing everyone's work and just kind of getting to chat to them about it. You do this every year don't you down here? Yeah I think it's been going on for four years I think this is the fourth one this year. It's just amazing there's like so much different stuff they're really like I, it sounds like such a cliche but there really is something here for everybody. It's just a really lovely day. Have you got your eye on anything? I've already bought some bits. Oh what did you get? I don't know I can't show any favouritism can I? <laughs> I suppose not. <laughs> shall, we have a, shall we have a look around? Yeah, shall we, shall we see what's um, What's going on? Because it is a beautiful, uh, beautiful day, I have to say. In fact, to be honest, I'm regretting not wearing shorts. That was an error in my part. <laughs> so, what are you so for? well, I think, I mean, let's. Uh, which one catches your eye? Who, who do you? We're going to go with what, what's caught your eye. All right. Okay. Well, okay. Let's have a look at Elis then, okay. shall we? Elis has been popular today. Yeah, Elis is always popular. Really I should, popular I should think. Um, and what, what have we got going on in this particular? Um, Do you want to talk to Gary about that? Gary, how are you doing, mate? You're right. Yeah, and we remember we met at the. Uh, we had a few drinks together. You're right, buddy. How's it going? <laughs> We're doing a little bit of a. Um, we're just speaking to people, really. What's going on with this uh, particular uh, store? This is the Elis okay, so store, right? Store, indeed, absolutely. Yeah. So this is uh, a sort of collaborative piece, I think we could probably say, where I've been printing. Well, you can see this image here. So I've been printing the two lenses on the sunglasses, printing a sort of quite a free, sort of psychedelic, multicolour blend. Um, they've dried behind me, and then Lee's sort of done his um, spray work on top of that. And it's uh, you're a screen printer by trade, right? right? And that, yeah. that's what we've got in front of us. So, exactly so right. this is the actual screen printing yeah. that, that's happening. Doing so, it all here today, yeah. can you tell me what, what's the process of doing a screen print like this? Okay, well, what's happened here is I've I've made this screen in my studio, so I didn't need to do this today. So I brought this with me. That's sort of the hardest bit in some ways. Um, so yeah, so um, expose the image onto the screen, brought it here today, and then it's literally just a matter of uh, pushing ink through the mesh on the screen out onto the other side. Uh, and the print appears before your very eyes. Lee has just popped out. When he's back, he's going to come and just finish off a few more prints, I think. But we're pretty much pretty much done for the day, I think. Yeah. Has it been a good day so far? It's been amazing, yeah. Really great. Really great. Excellent. Cheers, Gary. We'll uh, speak to some, some other stalls, see what's going on. Good stuff. All Thank right. you. All right. Very good. <laughs> so let's go and have a look at Gemma, Gemma Compton's work. This is Gemma. Gemma's been an artist who I've, I've sort of admired for a while. I've seen yeah. her working in sort of Bristol a fair bit. Shall I interview you now then? What is it about her work that you really like? Well, I, I just like the use of blue, actually. I think I, I'm quite sort of drawn to the... Delft. the yeah, it's, it's, a, it's just quite striking, do you know what I mean? When yeah. it goes big on the wall, it's quite, uh, it's quite impactful. And, and obviously when you see a work sort of in smaller detail like this, I just think it, it really stands out. Yeah, I agree. She's, she's looking she's, at you with horror. She is looking at me with horror, <laughs> on account of the fact we're doorstepping her with a microphone as we speak. Hi Gemma, how are you doing? Hi, I'm really well, thank you. Gemma, um, can you tell me something about your work? Well, it's very blue. <laughs> I mean, I use a, mainly a sort of blue and gold based on like Delft pottery and the inspiration behind my work is usually to do with like fragility and, and nature 
and, and a little light and dark, a little sort of like life and death in there as well. By fragility, I mean, I can see some of you, what you got, you know, butterflies and, and uh, feature prominently hummingbirds, skulls in there as well. Is that what we mean about the light and dark? It's the Yeah, it's sort of the emphasis on like nothing lasts forever, life's short and fragile and make the most of it while you can. And can you tell me something about yourself and how you started in, you know, do, you're doing what you're doing and how you sort of came to arrive at your style? Yeah, I mean, uh, I went to art school and I studied mainly like fashion design and from there I straight went into freelancing for fashion labels like ASOS and Topshop doing mainly print design Um, but really I just always wanted to work for myself so it was kind of taking sort of graphic and illustration and and getting across more the type of thing that I wanted to do really. And you're from Bristol originally right? I think the first time I saw your work it was on the street in Bristol. Do you like to do much street art? Are you going to be doing much street art later on? I do enjoy doing huge pieces especially on the street it's quite exciting. I mean for me my studio works quite small so and quite uh, detailed so it's quite difficult to take something that maybe is like 20 centimeters squared to you know several I don't know 20 meters squared or whatever but um, it's good fun it's really good fun and I mean Bristol especially is a city that's renowned for that so it's got really good community feel and everybody seems to yeah enjoy seeing it and and it's great. Gemma thanks very much. Thank you. So yeah so um, very very blue. Very blue <laughs> in, a, in a good way. Absolutely. Not absolutely. in a sad blue way. <laughs> no no it's always good to have it. Shall we go and shall we go and um, one, one artist that I've actually interviewed before on, on the blog is a guy you probably know quite well, a guy called Cosmo Sarson. I know his work. He's done the Big Angel yeah, of Brighton. Yeah, the Big Angel with the massive glittery golden wall behind it. It's quite an impactful piece, is that? It certainly is. I think it's, uh, yeah, definitely makes a statement. You see it when you walk down the street and kind of just like, whoa. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah. should, we go and, should we go and speak to him? Should we see if he's, uh, if he's around? Hi, Cosmo. Hi, man. How you doing? All right. I'm good, Beta. What, what is it that you're, you're doing at the moment? Uh, I'm currently putting a halo on Chairman Mao. I'm not sure if that's really a good idea. It's, it's politically incorrect, but there we go. It's an extension of, of some of the uh, Jesus, breakdancing Jesus, brought out a classic, old classic print of mine today. So doing some artist proofs of that. So I've done lots of gold, gold leafing of halos. I've got another angel of hope print here again based on the Brighton mural so I've been hand finishing all of those today and I'm covered in glitter and gold leaf and diamond dust and various sparkles. You do look very shiny today I have to say there's some there's a a shimmer about you. I I made the mistake of wiping my face with a rag that was covered in PVA and then I had some glitter on my hands and I thought oh god it's hot and I wiped my face and well, yeah. There's something about you and gold leaf at the moment. I mean, <laughs> I mean we've just been speaking, actually, Alana and me, about the, the, the mural, which is just around the corner, actually, yeah. the, the angel mural. You've had yeah. su- you, such a good reaction to that, haven't you? Yeah, that's gone down really well. And, and uh, it's, I think the locals are taking it to their heart. Um, and, and, yeah, a really good, good reaction. It, it got graffitied, and then a lot of people got very upset about that. And I, I was quite pleased that, you know, people felt defensive of it. Or, yeah, and, 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 or have taken ownership of it in a way, you know, and, and it's a very much a Brighton thing now, so that's really good. As you're, I mean, you've, you've what you've moved down to Brighton recently, haven't you? As uh, so, you're, you're, I suppose you're a local now, aren't you? Yeah, I've been here coming up to a year now, so uh, oh, it's no looking back whatsoever. No, it's, it's a fantastic place, really good, and, and you know, it's partly due to the fact I've got a little kids, so I needed space for him and, and we were just priced out of London but, but the atmosphere in Brighton's great, the country 
side, you know, straight onto the downs, the beach. It's all good. Yeah, the pubs as well. <laughs> I remember the pubs. I, last time we met, we did a little bit of an interview, and I think I was half cut by the end of it. It was a good. It was a good night. It was a good day. Recording tells you that. Well, it does absolutely. Of course, it does. So, 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 in terms of you know what else you're doing here, so you're hand finishing a lot of a lot of yeah, prints. So what, what is it you do? Yeah. So this this entire edition, the Angel, this this is a, um, a more affordable version. So it's a two layer silk screen. So hand finishing all of these which I first started out using the glitter and the diamond dust and the gold leaf and threw everything at it and it was all a bit bonkers, it was too gold. So I've calmed that down a bit and we're just going for a bit of a spittle effect uh, with some aerosol paint now. Great, thanks very much. All right, buddy. And, um, and just, just, just next to uh, uh, Cosmo, we've got uh, Louise McNaught, who is, is looking in, in anticipation of what's going to happen. <laughs> Hello, Louise, you all right? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Very good. We've been um, just admiring, you know, the work that you've you've got here. Can you describe what you've what you're doing? Well, yes, I've done a lot of uh, I've called them creatures on currency, so a lot of oil paintings of insects and small animals on different currency from around the world, and the insects and animals relate to the currency they're on. And I've also done some Brighton Bee tickets and some various hand finished one off prints as well. And uh, yes, even bought a few original paintings as well. Because you, you paint a lot of animals, birds, insects. What is it about painting um, these that you enjoy? Well, painting the bees in particular. Yeah. Um, everything, really. I just really enjoyed sort of, I don't know, it was the size of them really fitting on the, um, the train tickets to start with. And they were stripy and the train tickets are stripy. And it just sort of tapped into how people in London are kind of very drone-like and you get the drone bees. And that's sort of where the original idea came from. Um, and then it just sort of progressed on to money and how we kind of, I don't know, we don't treat animals very well, so we treat them as commodity like money. And then the idea kind of grew from there, really. So we started off with the bees and went on to beetles, and now I started doing birds. So yeah, it was going to be called Cashing in on Nature, but I've ended up calling it Creatures on Currency. So Yeah, and, and, and literally every sort of everything that we're looking at, I mean, I'm, I'm basically looking at notes from around the world, and in each of these banknotes is a different animal or insect or you know or, or bird how did you come across or how do you manage to find because they're all pretty pristine the banknotes yes um well some people have actually sent me ones that they haven't used on their holidays and things like that but i um, i i i sometimes get them from you know the local um post office or you can buy them on ebay and things so would you say you're an environmental artist I suppose so. I mean, I've got a book coming out on endangered animals, which comes out in September, called Survivals. So, yes, that's all to do with endangered species, and I have focused on endangered species a lot over the last two years. So, How, how did the book come about? I've seen, I've seen that trailed online a fair bit. It came about uh, because of an art fair I did um, two years ago called Survival on Endangered Species. Um, somebody came and saw it and um, she thought that would be the, a great idea for illustrating a children's book, but it actually became a book on its own in the end and it's sponsored by Tusk. And, yeah, it just kind of evolved over two years. Louise, thanks very much. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, should we do Sarah Pope? Yeah, let's go chat to Sarah Pope. Okay, let's find Sarah Pope to see if she's, uh, if she's uh, a- around. So the one thing that I know well, about Sarah Pope is her um, focus on lips. Yes. There's a lot of lips there. This is true. There are a lot of lips on the table. But it's like Mick Jagger lips, but better. She seems to be a very, very popular artist. Yeah, I think so. She's done, I think, every yard sale so far. She's got a lot of fans down in Brighton. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> Hello, Sarah. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Sarah, can you just describe your work to me? 
So, as you, well, you can't see here, but there's a lot of uh, lips. They're very voluptuous and glossy. I, I started painting lips about 10 years ago. I was interested in the expression and what people express with the mouth, because it's, uh, yeah, fascinating to me. Can you tell me something about yourself as an artist? Well, I, I come from um, a background working commercially in fashion and in the magazine industry. Um, so that's kind of like the starting point for my inspiration for everything that I do. Um, and yeah, I started painting about t 10 years ago and it just kind of grew and grew and grew. And now, yeah, I'm a full-time artist and uh, yeah, I love, I love what I do. It's fabulous being an artist. And do you remember the first time when you thought, actually, you know, this is lips is going to be, you know, what I'm going to, to, to focus on? Well, like the lips, they, they had a really immediate reaction. I, I kind of knew pretty much immediately that I was going to continue to explore and expand what I was doing with the lips. It just grew, you know, um, and the more the more I did it, the more fascinating it became because I realised that there was there was so many um, you know nuances involved in expression, what you convey with your lips and mouth, and yeah, it seems like every, the more I look into it, the more there is to do. Sarah, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. I see Magnus Joan over here. So Magnus, you know, is is an artist that I've I've seen a you know a lot. Of. He does a lot of schools, uh, schools with flowers, he does insects, he does you know, all sorts of different multimedia type bits of work. What do you think about Magnus's work? Um, I really like it. I think it's a um, really interesting balance between this kind of idea of beauty and power and fragility and kind of how we use that power. Um, there's often sort of something like insects or um, ceramics that has a base or a skull and then maybe something like a darker element which kind of changes the sort of perspective that you have of that particular object. Have you seen his uh, new ceramic piece, the limited edition skull? In yeah, the I've seen that. No, yeah, it's a, it's a lovely little piece. And I suppose yeah. that rings, uh, you know, talks about that, I think about fragility as well. Yeah. Hello, Magnus. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Long time to see. I know. It's only been a couple of weeks, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's only been a couple of weeks. How's, how's it been going for you today? Good, good, very good. I'm very happy. Um, still not the end of the day, but uh, we've done well. So I'll be returning next year if I'm invited. What, what have you, what have you got on on show? What pieces of work are you showing off today? Uh, so we've got the new release, which is this 30 by 30 kind of skull, which is called Tomorrow Belongs to No One, which you can see down here. Um, and then we have kind of all the paperweights, which arrived yesterday. Actually, they were delivered yesterday, so we were kind of on a knife edge if they were going to arrive in time. And then, you know, we've redone the postcards, which were so popular uh, last year. Uh, we've done three new versions, and yeah, they've been doing very well as well. Uh, we've also got this new uh, Wallace Collection um, collaboration, the Skate Deck. Can you tell me something generally about your work? What is it that you do, and, 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 and what should people expect to see when they look at your work? You can find beauty anywhere, I think, is what I want them to see. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of it in a nutshell. Yes, that's what we've got. We've got lots of sort of flowers, insects, yeah, creatures. Porcelain, fine bone china, you know, things that kind of you wouldn't necessarily, you know, you wouldn't associate a skate deck with a Sevres porcelain, you know, from the 1800s. So, yeah, it's kind of this juxtapositioning of kind of the rough with kind of the fine art element um, slash, you know, the fragility of objects in porcelain. And is there something about the intertwining of life and, and death in your work that, that constantly interplays within each other? 
Yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, the skull, the lenticular skull behind us, it's, uh, you know, it's got the flowers and things uh, which, you know, represent life, you know, still life as well, you know. It's waiting for death in a way as well because, you know, it's still life. It's flowers usually that have already been picked, you know, they're not in the ground anymore, so they also have, like, uh, shelf life, let's just say, and, you know, skull, and so it kind of becomes <laughs> life and death in a way, and waiting for death. Magnus, thank you very much. Over and out, thank you. <laughs> Cheers, buddy. <laughs> so that was right, fragility, we got it right. Yes. Yes, we did well there, we did well. There was one artist that you you were talking to me about earlier, Art and Believe. Yes. Um, shall we see if we can Yeah, I was going to talk those. with them, they're absolutely lovely. Hello. Hello. Is this the Art and Believe stall? It is indeed. Hello, yes. what, what's your name? My name's Charlotte. Could you tell me about what you've got going on here? Okay, we've got some um, concrete sculptures here. We've got, well, there's various things. We've got um, some schools here that we've done and some large and small spray cans. Um, and they've actually been painted with spray paint as well. Is it, is it always working with, with, with concrete that you do or do you do anything else? Um, we do a lot of installation artwork. So um, buildings, rooftops, uh, stairs. So we it's a... It's a material we're really used to working with and on, you know, concrete. So I think the idea was it's something we feel comfortable with and our artwork is really um, adapts really well to 3D objects. So the idea was maybe taking something we worked on like concrete and then making it into something. So T Tell me about how you started in art. What was your first your moment that you remember? Do you remember that? The roots of Art and Believe are from, from painting um, murals out on the street. We've done a lot of travelling. We've been to South America, a lot of Southeast Asia. Um, I'd say a big influence is South America and, um, you know, painted in Brazil and Sao Paulo and Chile and Peru. And, um, you know, in South America, they're very open to artists coming and painting on houses. And I think that really grew from that, really. And, um, and now that you say that, I can actually look at the colours that you're using yeah. and, and actually the shapes and the designs and sort of get that influence. Is that right? Would the colours that you use be influenced by that time in South America? Oh, yeah, very much so. I mean, we love all the textiles and patterns and fabrics out there and even the buildings themselves you know they're just like little colorful hillsides of just colorful houses aren't they definitely a, a big influence in our artwork yeah i think we've just got the the other part of the duo art and believe just yeah. just joining us hi mate yeah, uh, yeah out of breath part of the uh... <laughs> so which one's art and which one is believe i'd say we're both both we're both <laughs> a little bit of both <laughs> i don't know i guess so it's not really split like vertically like art and believe it's more split horizontally like art and believe so a bit of art and a bit of believe at yeah. each person that's yeah. it and how, how did you come up with the uh, the name? The art I get, what about the Believe? Well, it's like, a, it, in my in my interpretation of the name of Art and Believe, it's to do with it being a sum. So if you take the word art and you add it to the word believe, it's almost like a sort of invisible equal sign after the word believe that then you put your own answer to the question that you create or the sum that you create. So what is created if you add art and believe together? What do you get? That's the answer, really. That's, that's very existential. What do you get? <laughs> what do you get? I don't know. You get all the projects and things that we create, I suppose. You get, you get us a living, painting, making large installations all over the world and you get sort of um, sculptures and you get I don't know I guess people are quite happy living a life and creating things and being feeling quite lucky to be uh, doing what they're doing really that's what we get because we were talking earlier and you were saying about how when you do certain art fairs you would maybe 
kind of feeling like you were doing stuff that was more true to your own style yes. now than you were previously yes. perhaps and like perhaps that's what art plus believe equals you yeah. being yeah. really true in your artwork and yeah. kind of I think I think at the beginning you're, you're very conscious of what other people think and what other people what you think you should do creatively but as you kind of do more things you get more confident and just relax and do what you want to do so if it comes for something very simple it is that's what it is and that's what you're supposed to do so we found when we try and compromise it doesn't work if you do what you want to do and you're happy with it, then you actually you actually really succeed it comes through in your energy i suppose and and what you produce yeah i agree <laughs> great well thanks for talking to us guys yeah no, thank no, you a pleasure. thank a you pleasure. very much cheers guys thank you thank you so Alana, thanks for showing me around the uh, you know the the art yard sale. I think it's getting to the end of the, the day now. Yeah, it looks like everyone's starting to kind of wind down. But There's still was... a lot of people around, still people buying things, which is good. And it was pretty rammed earlier, wasn't it? Oh my gosh, yeah. There was a queue. I think someone was queuing at six o'clock, six thirty this morning. Wait, like the queue started. So uh, yeah, there were people here pretty early, pretty early on. So obviously, like become quite a well-known local event. I think people really get quite excited about it. And you'd, when they opened up this morning, you saw people going directly to like they knew exactly what they wanted. And then it kind of after that sort of initial frenzy, everyone sort of slows down, and starts looking more, and you see people kind of like interacting with the artists more and picking up different things maybe than they thought they were going to pick up today. But um, yeah, it's been a really good day, and I, I don't know, I've really enjoyed it. I hope everyone else has as well. Why do you think it is? So popular why do you think people just do do enjoy interacting in this way with the artist i think there's something about actually being able to speak to an artist about their work and kind of seeing them working and kind of putting a, a face to a name perhaps so i think people now we follow stuff so much online and social media and like people maybe follow somebody on instagram or you know other platforms and it's quite nice to actually go and have a conversation with them and get to know a bit more about what is behind the art and where they come from and rather than it being kind of potentially a little faceless if you buy something say online and you've kind of like oh I like that but you don't know anything about it I think there's just another layer to kind of being able to actually interact with somebody and meet them and I think that's a big draw for a lot of people. There's something about you know what you just said there I mean you know we, we do speak to so many people or look at so many things online everything's online now isn't it you communicate people with through Instagram or Facebook or what have you and yeah. it, it sort of widens the scope of the artist really but then when you actually meet the artists themselves there's something a little bit different isn't there it just sort of brings it home a bit more. I think you get the personality more of somebody like you can think that maybe you understand somebody's work by looking at it but I don't think that I think when you actually meet somebody you kind of I don't know you look at it something in a different way there's just a different you get a different energy of something you understand something differently to how you would I don't know you're just seeing it somewhere but without actually having that interaction with somebody or knowing anything about them there's something about learning about the work and the sort of you know what's behind it as well I mean I know that when I look at work I often like to speak to the artist and sort of just get an idea about what makes them tick do you know what I mean yeah. and then I might look at a piece of work differently yeah. to what I might have looked at before. Yeah, I mean, I know that everyone's most hated question is what are your influences and why have you done this and what is this theme about and where has it come from? But That's literally my favourite question to ask artists. <laughs> I think artists hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I know, keep asking it. <laughs> but... I've actually completely forgotten what your question was. Uh, we were just talking about, you know, what was going on behind, you know, when you, when you actually find out what makes yeah. an artist tick and then you can look at a piece in a different way, which yeah. might put a different you know, spin on it. But I mean, there is also that thing of, there's the intention of the artist when they make it, but you, 
when you view it, you're, everyone will take something different from something. You know how art's so personal. Like you see, you know, we were talking about this earlier about how you see someone going directly to one artist, maybe here in the in the art yard sale, and then you'll see them go to somewhere else, which is a similar style, but then maybe not familiar with that person. Everyone's got like particular tastes and, and that they kind of maybe gravitate towards. I mean, what you take from something might not be what the artist intended, but if it's got meaning for you and value for you, then that's just how you experiencing a piece of art is. I think you're right. Horrific grammar. (laughs) (laughs) No, listen, it's been it's been an absolutely fantastic day, Alana. Thanks for uh, you know showing me around. Oh, you're welcome. Um, You've been you've been a real trooper doing that for me. I have to say today. Um, (laughs) That's all right. Anytime. So thanks for listening to Art Related Nonsense and thanks too to all the artists who kindly gave up their time to talk to us for this episode and of course to Alana from Art Republic for showing us around. The Art Yard Sale is an annual event arranged by the Art Republic Gallery in Brighton I think it's fair to say it's one of the most anticipated events of its kind on the art buying calendar. Remember, you can keep track of all the episodes by subscribing on whichever podcast service you're listening on and by following Art Republic and InspiringCity.com.